Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their Compliance Council, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with you. Advising of your code of conduct, policies, and procedures. Most compliance practitioners are going to be familiar with risk assessments and uh, how you might incorporate those risk assessments on an ongoing basis going forward. But one of the things that uh, people may not think about as often is how, when was the last time your code of conduct was revised? When was the last time your FCPA compliance policy was provided? How about revised? How about the procedures? So um, I would ask you to answer the question, when was the last time your code of conduct was, really, uh, was revised? Have there been any changes to your company's internal policy since the last revision to the code of conduct? Have there been any changes to relevant laws relating to a topic covered in your code of conduct? Are any of the guidelines in your uh, code of conduct outdated? And finally, and this one's near and dear to every corporate uh, officer's heart, is there any budget to create a uh, or revise, rather, your code of conduct? So after considering this, I these issues, um, I would suggest that you benchmark your current code of conduct against that of other companies in your industry. I would also add that your standards, policies, and procedures should be reviewed and updated in the same manner. If you decide to move forward, then there's a six-step process that I would like to uh, lay out for you. So, number one, get buy-in from decision-makers at the highest levels of your company. Um, you know, you can't say it enough that it starts at all, starts at tone at the top, but uh, if you're going to have a revision to your code of conduct, uh, this is probably going to have to go to the board level. Um, your compliance program and policy and procedures may be more in your purview, but the higher level you can get uh, for management to review, excuse me, to uh, support you, the better off uh, you're going to be. So whoever gives this mandate, though, that uh, that person should be consulted at every step, major step of code review process. It involves a change in direction of key policy. Number two, establish a core revision committee. Uh, this needs to be a cross-functional working, wor working group to head up your efforts to revise your code of conduct and your compliance policies and procedures. The group should include representatives of legal, compliance, com communications, HR. Um, you might often have uh, also have marketing. You might also have uh, internal audit. Um, you should have certainly business unit, both domestic and international representation, 
and uh, IT definitely needs to be a part of this. From this large group, topics can be assigned for initial drafting uh, based on relevancy or necessity. The uh, different functions should also solicit, solicit feedback from their peers and deliver a final proposed draft to whoever the drafting committee is. Um, keep a timeline so that uh, you can hold the representatives accountable for meeting these deliverables. Uh, number three, conduct a thorough technology assessment. The cornerstone of, the, of any revision process is how your company captures and collaborate, collaborates and preserves all of the comments, notes, and edits during the project. Um, once upon a time, SharePoint did this. Uh, many people used. Um, Google uh, Documents is now used. But you need to have a way to capture uh, everything that rolls up into your final product. Um, you should determine uh, if uh, how you want to do hard hard copies, online copies, or both. But you've got to maintain document control, and you've doc got to maintain revision control. Fortunately, like I said, there's a, a number of tools that are out there um, for you to utilize, um, and that needs to be a part of your solution going forward. And there has to be a distribution plan. Um, so... Uh, with numbered copies so that you can keep control of who receives what copy. Number four, determine translations and localizations. If your company does business internationally, um, you've got to have um, a code that can translate and then be translated. And I know Mr. Translations out there, Jay Rosen's heart is going to warm when he hear this, hears this, but you've got to have a subject matter expert who gives you a certified translation. And you've got to make sure that that translation gets across uh, to the employees uh, who may speak in, obviously, languages other than English, but even uh, derivations uh, of those different languages. So uh, you've got to make it locally available. That's one thing the um, FCPA guidance made clear is that your code of conduct policies and procedures have to be in local languages. So you're going to need to have a translation plan. And uh, I would even suggest that you have uh, the discussions with your translation partner at a very early and ongoing basis so that you can have the right translations made available uh, when you're ready for rollout. Number five, develop a com uh, communication plan. So you have to have a plan to communicate any revisions to your code of conduct. Um, you need to uh, make it in a way that encourages employees to review and use the code on an ongoing basis. Use all of the tools that are available to you. Uh, social media is obviously an important tool, but don't forget the, um, the old-fashioned ways as well. Uh, you can have uh, posters. Uh, you can have meetings. You can have rollout. You can have company-wide uh, stop to roll out the new code of conduct. You can have a multimedia approach. Uh, you can physically hand them out to all employees at a designated time. Um, all of these things add up, and all of, the, all of these things add up to employees who will uh, understand, remember, and recall that you had a code revision, and uh, that's what you're trying to get. And never, never, never forget to document, document, document whatever you have done. When you deliver the new or revised code of conduct, I should say, document that each employee has uh, received it. And stay on target, number six, and the final point. 
If you set realistic expectations, you should be able to stay on deadline and be able to stay within your budget. Uh, you set you should set aside enough time so that you don't feel hurried, but that uh, you can uh, get it done within the time frame. Uh, if your code of conduct needs uh, updating, uh, excuse me, if it turns out there are other components that need to be updated uh, or information comes which might lead you to want to do some other things, don't lose track of the ball. Keep your eye on the ball and uh, follow through with the code of conduct. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.